Well, it'll just be you, me, and Nick. Spencer, you always get all the answers. I'm kind of a big deal. Whenever hear the music, Colin, take it away. It's time for the Sports Mix on Talk Radio WRNR and TV 10. Let's mix it up with a breakdown of some local, regional, and national sports with Spencer Dupuy, Nick Verzellini, and Colin McLaughlin. Welcome into this November 1st edition of the Sports Mix on Talk Radio WRNR and TV 10, brought to you in part by the Brown Funeral Home and Cremations, Robert Fields and Sons, a family-owned full-service funeral home, that has probably served our area since 1880. Spencer Dupuynik, Verzellini, and Colin McLaughlin. And contrary to Colin's belief, you don't start playing Christmas music until Black Friday, the day after Thanksgiving. Wrong. You don't start till December 1st. Wrong. November 1st. Today. But actually, you can really just do whatever you want. Whatever exactly. It's a Colin. free country. But still. But still, no, it's a free country. We got to we play that Charlie Your Brown Thanksgiving music. <laughs> no. Yeah. Then Christmas music it. does not start. It's the holiday season. Still. Doesn't start till after that. He You're must have to... gotten coal for Christmas a few years. No. Nah. Probably. It's Mr. Bah Humbug Dupuis over here. What? I don't know what you're on about over there, Colin. I'm just saying. Ebenezer Scrooge. You were jamming over there to... Scrooge Spencer. No, we just start after Thanksgiving. You just, you literally just want to hear me out here. I like Uh, Christmas music. Nick, Colin just wants to forget Thanksgiving because he doesn't want to give thanks to anybody. No, I give thanks to everybody. Give thanks to the Lord on Christmas. I mean... You're skipping a holiday. I'm not skipping it. I'll celebrate it that weekend. I think... Thanksgiving is underrated. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. If you want to celebrate Christmas early with some Christmas music to get you in the spirit, you know, I used to say you got to wait until December. But Colin's changed me. I'm a changed man. If you what? want to link them together, do whatever you want. Exactly. Do whatever makes it's holiday you happy. Music, so what? You can start at November 1st. And I'm still oh, saying I'm personally not going to listen to it. I accept that. But if Colin wants to do that, you know... It's his life. It makes him happy. Makes me happy. I just like giving Colin crap for happy him. holidays, Colin. Happy holidays, Nick. Thank you. All happy right, let's holidays, get... Spencer. Happy holidays, Colin. See? Now he's in a good mood. See, now we've and all now had peace. We can get to EPAC volleyball since we've already <laughs> wasted three minutes of everybody's life that they are not getting back. Only two. Less now than three. two. Not, no. About two and a half, actually. How are we arguing about this now? (laughs) All right. The EPAC Section 1 action begins tonight for the sectional tournament, which you can watch on on TV 10 and WRNR TV on YouTube. And uh, Colin forgot it was sectionals because he just wrote EPAC Volleyball on our on our YouTube EPAC page. Volleyball. I didn't forget it. Sectionals. Uh, well, it's it, is, it appears up there now. It's section one semifinal will have the Musselman side of things as they host number the Musselman, the number one team, host number four Spring Mills. The other game is number two Hedgesville hosting number three Martinsburg. Uh, but Colin, you're going to be on the call with Dylan I tonight am. and Thursday. Yeah, because Dylan or because. Uh, Jim is busy. Yep. He's got a job. He's a busy man. He He's is. a busy man. Works for Shepard. Yeah. So uh, you're going to be on the call for these final two games. This is going to be like last year all over again, but you don't have to actually call all the action. Yeah. Jim's definitely better at 
being a color analyst for volleyball than I am, but I'll still have fun being on the call. I know the teams, and I'm excited to see how tonight goes. I think Musselman on paper is clearly the better team in, in, I think, all of our opinions, the best team in the state. But we have seen Spring Mills take a set from them. It was at the beginning of the season. Things have definitely changed on both sides since then. And this time it's at Musselman. So I don't know how tonight will go if we see Spring Mills take a set or not. I'm, I'm leaning more to the side of not, and I'm expecting a sweep tonight because, as you mentioned, sectional starts now. So I think every team's locked in, ready to go because it's do-or-die time, and Musselman is expected to win state, so I think everybody would be shocked if they get over or overlook Spring Mills and somehow lose. Yeah, well, I mean, Musselman coming into the contest 35-8-1, while Spring Mills 7-13 and overall. It's kind of interesting on Max Preps, whoever puts the schedule in, it could be a fan. I don't know. It could be they already have Thursday's game at home versus Edgesville in here. Game hadn't even been played yet. It's probably how it's going to work out, but I'll say this. So it's Nick. <laughs> <laughs> Colin is right that Spring Mills did take a set from Musselman, but like he said, and I was going to kind of emphasize that point, you know, it's now playoff time for Musselman. Hey, Nick. So what's up? <laughs> Look at Colin. Wow, uh, look at Colin. No, look at Colin on the screen and read the title. That's oh, I'm not <laughs> I mean, if you're going to be titled somebody, Halloween who else would you rather, rather be besides Dylan Bishop? Fair enough. I would never notice that if you did not point that out. But uh, shout out to I David think Lewis for wins pointing in, it out. It, Thank it, you. Musselman wins in three tonight. But I could see, uh, or obviously, like we said, Spring Mills has that win earlier. I think it's going to go to four sets. You think so? Okay. I think it should be like the first match of the year. I just think at this point, like, Musselman's probably locked in and therefore is playing at a high level and knows the seriousness of the postseason and how you don't want to go down in sectionals. I think they come out and they just play their best volleyball and win in three tonight. You also got to remember that a win tonight automatically – puts you in regionals yeah on saturday even though you still have the sectional championship on thursday you still advance to saturday as a runner-up with a chance to still go to the state tournament if you're able to become the region champion on saturday yeah i mean that's just how volleyball works in the state and you know if you make it to thursday you automatically make it to saturday uh what do you think about this martinsburg hedgesville game I'm hoping it's competitive, but I still feel like the way that these two teams have been trending, we see Hedgesville take care of business as well against the Bulldogs and dominate, and I wouldn't be surprised if both are a sweep tonight. Yeah, I mean, we just saw Hedgesville take a set from Musselman and play some pretty good volleyball in that match, so it'd be hard to imagine the Bulldogs pulling off that upset. And like we know, too, so... I don't understand this, though. So Thursday's going to be the same matchup as Saturday? No. No. Or is it? I mean, 
eventually. It doesn't start off. It'll still be on Thursday. Whoever wins will take on the runner-up from the other side. Right. There's two the games here, Jefferson. There's Washington. three total yeah. games on Saturday. Okay. Yeah, then that yeah. makes sense. There you go. There's a first round of the regionals. There's the regional semifinals, and then there's the regional finals all take place on Saturday. Yeah. I think we got into this last year, though. It should just be like one big tournament instead of naming it two different things. That's just how West Virginia's secondary school's athletic committee just wants saying, to do man. it. Uh, we know we're going to get Musman and Hedgesville again in the regional championship. Moving over to Section 2 tonight, you have Washington hosting Hampshire for the game, and then I believe Jefferson gets the bye in that three-team section. Yeah. So Jefferson will host the winner of this game on Thursday. Uh, Hampshire at five and four, and I don't want to. I don't know Washington's complete record. Max Preps has them at one and eight. Yeah, I don't think that's true because we've seen them at least win two, I believe, because they beat. There's a lot of missing Spring Mills and Martinsburg. I think the two times that we had them. Yeah, I remember correctly. There's a lot of mixed uh, missed scores on Max Preps. Yeah, I mean, when you have a coach that was just the JV head coach at first, just joined this season to be the JV coach and then was thrown in to having to coach the varsity side as well at Washington because the head coach for the Washington Patriots varsity volleyball team resigned midway through the season. It's tough to go and do that all by yourself with somebody who's fresh out of college as well. And I apologize for forgetting a coach's name at Washington right now. Thank you. And she's done a great job when we've seen them out there competing. So hopefully that program does change, but I don't think it changes this year. Yeah, I think Washington could uh, take off or beat Hampshire, and then probably Jefferson wins that section. Uh, They've been a pretty good team this year, it seems like. seems like they've uh, gotten better each week, or each game, I guess. They don't play just one game each week, but... Uh, it seems like they've gotten better, and uh, we're pretty competitive in the game that we did up there earlier. So I think that's how that one plays out. Yeah, but again, tonight we will have Musselman, the number one team in Section 1, hosting the number four team in Spring Mills. That's a 7 p.m. game uh, with our pregame coverage on TV10 and WRNR-TV on YouTube beginning at 6.45. We'll now transition to some Shepherd news uh, shocker, right? Tyson Bajet named the Athlete of the Week. Yeah, I mean, we talked about yesterday that he was probably going to be that uh, whenever you throw for almost 90% completion percentage and five you're, touchdowns. Your efficiency rating is 207.1. Yeah, pretty much a lock there, and uh, no surprise there that Tyson Bajet wins that award, just continues to play great football um, as he approaches that record for the most touchdown passes in Division Two, along with several other records, um, just in NCAA. So it'll be interesting to see, I guess, if we see him in the Harlan Hill conversation again this year. I don't know if we'll have as much buzz for it as last year, but he's definitely, I think, in the conversation um, for the award, especially the way he's played the last few weeks. I mean, the completion percentage has been off the charts, and... Uh, the touchdown passes and just efficiency and not turning the football over. That could be something that boosts him into that conversation again, but it would be very tough to repeat that award. I mean, you see with the Heisman Trophy, it's so hard to win it twice, and the Harlan Hill is just pretty much the same. So it's a pretty rare occurrence. 
Yeah, but when you got a guy that week in, week out, and this week we saw have fewer incompletions than he did for the amount of touchdown passes, it's a crazy stat that he does, it seems, naturally this year. We've seen it multiple yeah. times, I feel like, and it's tough. I feel If I was someone that's voting for the Harland Hill winner this year, looking at simple stats like that to not cast your vote for Tyson Bajan. I feel like unless I'm missing somebody big from around the Division II football this year, uh, I mean, who, who I don't comes know. Close I mean, to what Tyson's doing this year. Yeah, I mean, but if you compare to his Harlan Hill Trophy winning season of last year, his numbers are down, but they also have a you know very increased running game with Ronnie Brown, who's up there in tops in the NCAA and or NCAA Division Two in rushing. Yeah, I believe uh, Coach McCook, or was it you that brought it up to Coach McCook on Monday Night Mayhem yesterday, said that uh, Shepard, obviously being the number one team offensively in the country also leads in passing yards and rushing yards. That was Coach right? McCook. That was? In the Peace Act. Or yeah, in the Peace Act? Okay. Yeah. So it was just the Peace Act? My apologies. Thank Donnie Brown is 10th in the uh, nation in rushing yards, but still very impressive. Tyson sitting at third in passing yards. Um, but if you figure last year it was... Well, you got to remember, too... Kind of a hodgepodge of running backs last year. Yeah. There wasn't one singular guy that really led the way like Ronnie's leading it this year. Yeah. I was going to go Hartman with, is coming up. I'm talking about like... No, you're not wrong. I'm just. I don't think they they didn't have a thousand yard rusher last year. No, no. And that's where Tyson's extra numbers came from, is they were throwing, passing the ball a little bit more. But now that you've got a really good running back in his second year, kind of getting a lot of reps, you're going to give him the ball some more. But at the same time, you can't say because his numbers from last year are down, he shouldn't win this year. You got to look at everybody else's numbers this year and compare his numbers to that. Yeah, not to last year. I think he's in the conversation, but you got to consider too the playoffs will still count toward this. Yep. It's not like in uh, Division One with the Heisman, where once the conference championships are over, they vote on it. Because uh, if you remember, he didn't win. The voting wasn't until after that Kutztown game, I think. So uh, Tyson could still you know go out in the playoffs and do what he did last year and just have two like viral plays that get him that buzz and maybe he does win it again or somebody else could do something similar of course across the nation in division two and and being third in passing yards will put you in the conversation already so um i'm sure tyson bajan has a good chance at this award again but shepherd's got bigger dreams for this season and tyson has bigger dreams for this season you know he's already achieved pretty much every individual thing you'd want to achieve at the Division Two level. Uh, for him, it's all about the team success, I think, this year, and that's why winning the PSAC East is such a big deal because Shepard has not done that uh, in program history. They want to win the PSAC championship. And Tyson talked about it last night on the show, kind of a resume for him. I mean, obviously, he's already the greatest Shepard quarterback, maybe even the greatest Shepard player to come through the program, but... One thing he doesn't have is that conference championship and division championship, so he's already got the division now, and he wants to win the conference as well. And I think heading into the playoffs as the number one team in the region is something to also be really proud of. So 
there's a lot of team success that Shepard still has to get through before you start talking about Bajan's individual awards because obviously he's going to be in the conversation for that as one of the best players in the nation. And since you mentioned being number one now in the Super Region 1, which just came out yesterday, to keep that, you got to win the next two games still. Yeah. There's still teams right behind you, even in the PSAC, that you expect to be playing like IUP in two weeks for that PSAC championship that if you do unfortunately slip up, yeah, it's only one loss, but they could pass you for that number one spot, and there goes the bye. Now you're having to play three games and one potentially being on the road. And while I don't think East Strasburg can beat Shepard, they do have some close losses to some good teams in this conference. Like, this is not a team to overlook. Yeah. They only lost IEP by three points. They lost a cuts down by four. So it's like, this is a quality East Strasburg team, even though their record is four and five. Uh, so you can't overlook the Warriors this week. And you know they're going to be playing for that spoiler because they really have nothing else to play for except for to upset Shepard this week. Um which would be a huge upset, but still, I mean, they've got some quality uh, yeah. outings on the season against some good teams in the PSAC. I believe they have an All-American on the defensive side. I can't remember if it's Number the linebacker or if it's the on the D-end. line. D-end, okay. And then, I know this past week, they had the defensive athlete of the week Who was a linebacker. for the East, as well as the special teams athlete of the week. Yeah, so, and, and the weird thing, too, is like, Kutztown only beat him by four, and it just seems like Kutztown plays its best football against Shepard for whatever reason. And then they play the other PSAC schools, and they'll like barely beat him. It's just kind of like a weird thing. That's what like, you got to do. For some reason, whenever they play Shepard, it's Give your best shot against Shepard because Shepard is the best team right now in the East. Deshaun yeah. McCarthy is number 18, the okay. All-American. So I think it could be an interesting kind of like a – kind of like the Shippensburg game like Shepard's in control throughout but maybe East Strasburg's hanging around a little bit to make things somewhat interesting on Saturday or it could turn into a blowout obviously with Shepard's way it's been playing since that Shippensburg game and a lot of that might have had to do with the weather as well but it's definitely a team you can't overlook if you're the Rams and if you lose this week uh then you're not going to end up being the number one team in the region, even if you come back and win the conference championship, I don't think. Because I think it would be... I mean, you'd have to look at the other team's resumes, but it would be a pretty bad loss on your resume. Even though East Strasburg, I think, is a better team than their record. I'm looking at East Strasburg, and... What's their quarterback situation? It seems like they've had three guys start multiple games this year, if I'm looking correctly. That's a possibility. Like, I haven't prepared really much for the game since we're not doing the game, so I haven't looked into them much. <laughs> I was about to make a joke saying, why not? And then, yeah. Yeah, it looks like Jake Cirillo is their starter. He's 93 of 183, 50% completion percentage, uh, 10, 100, or 1,084 yards and seven touchdowns. But then they've had four total guys start more than one or play more than one game. I don't see starts on here, uh, but that's kind of interesting to me. Well, anytime we've seen that from a lot of the different teams in the uh, conference, really, 
But then they don't really have a big leading rusher. They do it all by committee, it appears. They got a 313-yard rusher, 229, 212, 182. Like, it's just weird to me. They, they just don't, don't have a clear leader in anything. Yeah. I mean, you see that sometimes in college football, depending on the situation of the program. Not every team is blessed with the best quarterback in the nation and one of the best running backs in the nation. That is very true. Colin, what did you, uh, you send in us over there? Just got some NFL breaking news, if you want to just quickly get the update before you go to break. Detroit is dealing tight end TJ Hawkinson to the Minnesota Vikings, per Ooh. sources, coming out from Adam Schefter three minutes ago. That is, that is interesting news. That is a loaded offense. Because Irv Smith Jr. suffered a high ankle sprain against the Cardinals Sunday and is expected to miss multiple weeks. It doesn't matter. Hawkinson's better than Irv Smith Jr. anyway. Yeah. So that's a good move for the uh, Vikings. Vikings will be FedEx on Sunday. Yeah. There's a With shot, Hawkinson. There's a shot Colin and I could go. That's cute. <laughs> you want to come? No, I'm I only got two tickets potentially. No. But I, I don't want to go to Commanders. Game. Yeah, I don't like. I was gonna. I was thinking about inviting Nick, but I'm like, Nick won't enjoy it. I, Nick's not a I Commanders might. fan, and you're a Commanders fan. So why would I? It, you know, you know, like it doesn't make sense. Nick would just here. He probably would say no because he'd rather watch other teams. Yeah. Uh, but that will, on Monday. So. Yeah. No, I said other teams. All right, that'll do it for this segment of the Sports Mix, brought to you in part by Hagerstown Ford, revolutionizing the car buying experience. Buy your next vehicle online. They'll deliver it to you. If you don't like it, they'll take it back. Go to HagerstownFord.com for more. And Hagerstown Ford, the official dealership of Shepard quarterback Tyson Bajan. We'll be back for more on the other side of this on the other side of this break. You're tuning into the Sports Mix on Talk Radio WRNR and TV 10. We're just getting started. I was singing to you, you were singing to me. I was so alive, never been. You're tuned in to the Sports Mix with Spencer and Nick on Talk Radio WRNR 106.5 FM, AM 740 and TV10. Welcome back to this edition of the Sports Mix on Talk Radio WRNR and TV10. Spencer, Nick, and Colin hanging out with you. And uh, we mentioned it right before the break. Big trade coming out. Has trade deadline is what? Is it tomorrow or Thursday? It's coming up. It's yeah. this week. <laughs> I think it's tomorrow because Thursday would start the season yeah. or the week. So. The Let's look it up. I'm Googling and, it right and speaking now. Speaking of trades, there's. November. No, it's today at 4 p.m. Okay. Huh. So we were way off. We were way off. Uh, so we talked about that trade that uh, sends TJ Hawkinson to the Vikings. That just going down three or four minutes ago in the last 10 minutes via Adam Schefter. Uh, we get a trade, was it yesterday? Yes. Afternoon? Roquan Smith, who we knew wanted out in the offseason or towards training camp time. He was holding, he was doing one of those new things they call the hold in. Where he was going to the facility, he was reporting, he was working out, he was getting meeting rooms, but he wasn't practicing. And then they kind of did, he wanted a new contract, but he doesn't have an agent. He didn't have an agent. So he was trying to get some trades, but he needed them, or he didn't have an agent to kind of speak for him. And now he gets traded to the Ravens. He goes from the Bears to a contender. And uh, big. 
big get for the Ravens, I think, Nick. Yeah, he gave up a second and a fifth round pick, but obviously there are some concerns on my side. I guess I'll start with the positive things. One, the Ravens definitely needed another inside linebacker to go along with Patrick Queen and to get the league's leading tackler and not have to pay him uh, his entire salary this season, I think is all a good thing for Baltimore. Um, and I think he'll be an impact player. He's only 25 years old. But the concern, obviously, is is that he wants a new contract. And we know, obviously, uh, Lamar Jackson wants a new contract. And the Ravens probably can't afford to pay both of them exactly what they want. Um, so is this just going to be a rental? And then if you were going to go out and get a rental, is an inside linebacker going to be what this team needed to win the Super Bowl? I don't think so. Especially on a team that lacks wide receivers and their number one wide receiver Rashad Bateman is going to be out for probably five, six weeks with this foot injury that he's got going on. So there's definitely some concerns, uh, and we'll see in the next few hours if maybe the Ravens go out and get somebody else. But uh, with only five draft picks for this upcoming draft, I don't expect that to happen. Um, The only good thing is they get a third-round comp if he uh, does leave in free agency. And this could also be a similar situation to what happened with Marcus Peters when the Ravens acquired him at the trade deadline, and he uh, just loved it in Baltimore and ended up taking a little bit of a cheaper contract to stick around. Maybe that happens with Roquan Smith. But it definitely uh, sets up an interesting interesting, uh, interesting situation for the offseason. And I don't, I don't know if this is a big enough upgrade to help this. Like, is this the thing that the Ravens needed to put them over the hump in the AFC, and I don't, I don't know if that's the case. It's clearly a step in the right direction, though, because the way that we've seen the NFL trending now is win-now mode. Yeah, We saw it with the Rams. You trade for all these guys and then might have to rebuild later on and not pay them, and there you go, back to mediocrity. But as you said, if he does like Baltimore... He's young. Maybe he decides to stick around, kind of like Peters, and that would be huge. I, I agree that I feel like they need some weapons offensively to help Lamar, but it has seemed like because of the comeback losses that Baltimore suffered was at the hands of the defense allowing those teams back in the game. So having an inside linebacker who, as you said, Nick, is the leading tackler this year, might be that step. You have to wait and see before you saying, I don't think it is. Yeah, I mean, I think it's obviously a good acquisition to get a guy like Roquan Smith. It's just, will this acquisition be worth it, I guess is my bigger question. And, And like you said, Colin, we will have to wait and see, but my initial thought is probably not, uh, just because I don't know if it, if a, linebacker is going to make that much of a difference for this football team, especially in the way the NFL is played now. But the Ravens have always been defense first. Um, That's always been their mindset. And I don't know if that's going to change, and it doesn't seem like it will because, well, they've had success with it for the past 20, almost 30 years now of being a franchise. Um, So... 
We'll see. I think Marcus Williams gets back at some point this season. The, the defense does look good on paper. They have the pieces in place to be one of the best defenses in the NFL. The running game could be enough offensively to, to uh, keep winning. And, of course, Lamar Jackson can do a lot of different things. But if he's throwing the ball to just Mark Andrews and, I guess, Isaiah Likely, who emerged on uh, Thursday night... I just don't know if there's enough there. I mean, Devin DuVernay has improved. Maybe 35-year-old Deshaun Jackson is the answer. But he I, is ready I, to I come. He's ball. ready to be activated from what I saw yesterday, I believe, on Twitter. Great. When's OBJ supposed to be healthy? That's, that's an option. You're great doesn't sound amusing. Like, you don't want him on the team. I mean, I'm fine with, like, adding Deshaun Jackson if you think he could add a little bit to your team, but I just don't. Expect much out of him, I guess, is more so. You expect maybe a deep ball or two thrown his way. Yeah, he'll Just probably catch a 75-yard touchdown, pull a hamstring, and be out for the season. That's usually what he does. As long but. as that 75-yard touchdown's at the right time to get a win that you didn't expect. Well, that's fair enough. So, I was reading this OBJ, though, that's Tom Pelissero. Kind of interesting tidbit. So, excuse me. The deadline for restructuring contracts to facilitate trades was 3.59 p.m. on Monday. So eating money, as the Bears did with Roquan Smith and Robert Quinn, is not an option. Any trades made between now, this was tweeted at 10 a.m., and 4 p.m. will require a new team to take on the existing contract. Hmm. Which is interesting there. So that means the Bears just got a whole lot of money opened up. Yeah, they have like $100 million in cap space heading into the next season. Which is Which really is huge. Good. It's, it's huge. great for them. And it seems like Justin Fields is really turning the corner. He seems to be getting better and better for them at quarterback. So maybe while they're giving up some, pieces to that defense, maybe I mean, bring some offensive pieces for him. Yeah, that would be something interesting to look out for this next off season. Uh, it's reported this morning. Uh, I believe was it Jeremy Fowler the first guy to do it? Potentially from I don't ESPN know what you're about. Uh, that the Commanders will be releasing. It was uh, Jim Klein. And by Jim Klein, I mean. John Kime. John Kime. John Kime, ESPN reporter for the the Commanders, uh, says they will release William Jackson the third if no one wants to trade him, which it's getting ever so closer to that four p.m. Yeah, deadline. Why, why, if you want to trade a guy, you're going to say if we don't, we're going to cut him? Uh, because what team's going to be like? Yeah, we want to trade for him. They're not saying it. It says sources. Yeah, it's not yeah, like they're just people are going to listen to those sources. Yes, well, but I'm saying say somebody this. told somebody. If you're a team and then it that got leaked to that somebody else, sources are saying that this team. Well, he doesn't want to play. Them. He's not going to play for him this year. He literally it's saying that he doesn't want to play for them. Let so why is he going to stay on the on the team? Why, if you're a team, would you try to get a trade if you can sign him as soon as he's cut? Well, because there's the waiver wire first. So if you want, if you really want William Jackson the third, which he's not a guy that exactly. probably anybody really wants. Um, he is getting better. Then you're going to trade for him, opposed to waiting through the waivers, where he'll, which he'll he'll clear waivers. I'm almost positive about that, and, yeah. and he'll probably sign with somebody. But I guess that's the thought process there. I mean, watch, you already know that if you're another organization, you know that William Jackson the third is not going to play in Washington, so they have to get rid of him, and probably know he's going to trade for him because you don't want to give up draft picks for a decent cornerback, but no. All pro or Pro Bowler. 
Yeah. Uh, so this also from John Kymet. One point IR was a possibility if no trade, but the bulging disc in his back has improved. I was told so they can't do that. Releasing him will be done to gain a roster spot. Some depends on if the roster spot, if need the roster spot because of injuries, which have also been an issue. So most likely we'll get cut due to a roster spot being needed, uh, which is an interesting take there. But uh, some guy that's not getting traded from the commanders is Antonio Gibson. Uh, He's safe, I believe. Yeah, those rumors were squashed almost immediately, it seemed like, from Ron Rivera whenever there were those rumors at the beginning of the week or late last week. I think it might have been circulating about Gibson maybe going to the Bills or something like that. And Rivera immediately came out in his press conference and said, that's not happening because we like the one-two punch that has been going on with Gibson as well as Robinson, and I agree with him. Yeah. I would tend to agree with that. Uh, let's talk about last night's Monday night football game. Uh, definitely not how anybody. I said the Browns sure. would win. Yeah, not how Colin. Dwayne Grantham I, also said that the Browns yeah. would win. That's true. Not Dwayne how Colin and I anticipated the game going. No, the not Browns just was it a nineteen point win, thirteen point win. They were up twenty five nothing at the time, or at one point. I mean, Joe Burr is zero and three in the division. He can't win in the AFC North, Spencer. Hammer the Cleveland Browns. Cincinnati needs to find answers fast if they actually want to compete this year. Last year was a fluke. It seems like it. I I don't know what's going on, man. Joe Mixon only 27 yards on the ground. No Jamar Chase. No Jamar Chase. Nick (laughs) Chubb, have a day, Nick Chubb. 23 carries, 101 yards, 4.4 a pop, two touchdowns. Amari Cooper have a day, five catches, 131 yards, and a touchdown. Who would have guessed that, Amari Cooper? He's a good player. Cooper's a good player, but they traded for a fifth-round pick for Amari Cooper. That was always the question. I think they got that fifth-round. I think that was a great deal. He's got a big contract. That's the reason Dallas got rid of him. But still, the Ravens could have given up a fifth-round pick to get Amari Cooper. (laughs) (laughs) That's what I think every time a receiver gets traded to another team. I'm like, we really couldn't have given up a draft pick for this guy? <laughs> All right, that'll do it for this segment of the Sports Mix. Let him go. Brought to you in part by Orsini's Home Store, not just an appliance store any longer. Cabinets and designer betting, outdoor living, and his family owned and operated right here in Martinsburg at 360 Hack Wilson Way. You can go to Orsini's.com for more. On the other side of this break, we'll talk about the World Series. That uh, Game 3 was supposed to be last night. It's postponed till tonight. Uh, we'll talk about that when we get back on the other side of today on on the other side of this break on today's edition of the Sports Mix. Back in two minutes. When I was young, beside me. Now back to the Sports Mix with Spencer and Nick on Talk Radio WRNR one hundred six point five FM, AM seven forty, and TV ten. Welcome back to this edition of the Sports Mix on Talk Radio WRNR and TV 10. Spencer, Nick, and Colin hanging out with you as uh, we talk World Series. Game was supposed to be last night, but it got postponed. It's in Philly, I believe. Uh, right? Yes. It was in Philly. Because I know that uh, they're going to have to play. So they play those back-to-back days when they're there. And uh, I do know that tomorrow's they had to add tomorrow's game. 
So because of the World Series in Philadelphia, the Wizards game is going to versus the 76ers tomorrow night will start at 6 p.m. instead of 7 p.m. Interesting. Well, I don't know why or how that has to I mean, I guess all the, the parking. They're all there, I guess. Yeah, yeah cuz they're it's all a there. It's, complex. Yeah, it's a big complex. Uh, but assuming that means it's an eight o'clock first pitch or eight oh eight, whatever it is. Eight oh three. Eight oh three. Which precisely on Friday apparently was at eight oh three. How about oh, man, this though? I was wrong. I think in the last four World Series the Phillies have been in, all three game threes have been postponed due to rain in Philadelphia. I did not know that. I thought it's it was always Twitter. sunny in Philadelphia. No. Only on that T V show. <laughs> Yeah. You got to admit that was a good one. That was a good one. That I'll give solid. you that. that. Way to go. I'm <laughs> proud of you. Uh, but game three set for tonight, 8.03 p.m. Uh, you can catch that on Fox. For now Fox. you're falling apart. Be confident. No, I was like for, for Fox. I was doing that on purpose for the illusion. Uh, then tomorrow's illusion. game also set at 8.03. <laughs> and then they'll play on Thursday as well at 8.03. And for, then for, for Fox. I don't, I don't get that. What do you think about the World Series so far? It's tied at one apiece. It's been a pretty good one. Took, the first one, one took really extra innings. Yeah. Houston was up 5 nothing in game one. Blew it. Phillies came back and won. And then Houston came out with a vengeance in game two. And at time was able to hang on and uh, thwart Philadelphia's comeback attempt late. And th- what makes it interesting because of the postponement Gave an extra day of rest for starting pitchers. So do we see some guys that you might have had to wait until game six or seven to use now be brought up into a crucial Just had to clear my throat. Had some mucus all of a sudden out of nowhere. I don't know, but I'm good. Ranger Suarez is starting tonight for Philadelphia. And then Lance McCullers. Yeah, I would lean toward uh, Houston tonight with those starters, but... Like we said before the series, uh, Houston is favored. Philly has been uh, kind of the hot team in this playoffs. They're playing at home, uh, so that'll be a tough crowd for Houston. That could play a factor tonight, but I picked the Phillies to win the series, so I think I need them to win tonight if that's going to happen. I can't remember who I wanted to win the series. I think you picked Bryce Harper. Oh, yeah, that's what it was. And I said Houston. But do you want the cheaters to win? Dusty Baker, he's your former manager. He didn't do anything. I want for Mancini. Us. I want Mancini to win. So I said Houston in seven. How's Mancini doing? Uh, the, not so good. Games. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I don't know about these two games, uh, but he's been struggling. You can't go look. I could. Hold on. Well, I wasn't sure how we were on time right now. For we're good. Boom Boom? Boom yeah. Boom? Boom That's what boom. they call him. That was his nickname. Bam Boom Bop? What is Bam Boom Bop? I don't know. <laughs> but the World Series Game 3 is set for tonight. Uh, hopefully it doesn't rain again in Philadelphia because it's supposed to always be sunny in Philadelphia. Um, Colin, do you have an answer to that? He did not play in Game 2. Shocker. Thought he thought they, they got him to be to play. Game 1, he was 0 for 4. Oh, with well, two strikeouts. That's how that's we're that's how we're going out with that on that note. 
Uh, but we'll talk about the recap from the game tomorrow on the show. That'll do it for this segment of the Sports Mix, brought to you part by Parsons Ford. Ken Parsons Ford in Martinsburg. We became number one by making you number one first. Go to ParsonsFord.com for more. On the other side of this break, we'll talk Wizards and Capitals and wrap things up on today's edition of the Sports Mix back in two minutes. All eyes in the Mountain State will be on the Martinsburg Bulldogs Saturday afternoon for the final game of the regular season. Bajan drops back the pass, looking to the far side. Back shoulder caught by Dover. Dover has one man to beat. Cuts to the near side of the end zone. Into the end zone goes Dover. Touchdown, Martinsburg. Tune in Saturday at 10.30 a.m. as your Martinsburg Bulldogs take on the Bishop Ireton Cardinals. Right here on Talk Radio WRNR and TV 10. You're tuned in to the Sports Mix with Spencer and Nick on Talk Radio WRNR 106.5 FM, AM 740 and TV 10. Welcome back into this edition of the Sports Mix on Talk Radio WRNR and TV 10. Brought to you in part by the Marius Group and Ameriprise Financial Advisors, John Everson and Phil McCoy. You can stop by 1270 Winchester Avenue or call 304-263. I forgot the, the read off the top of my head now. 304-263-4343. 4-3-4-3. I was going to read our number for some reason. And I was like, I know that's not it, so I'm not going to read it. And it was ingrained in my head. And for some reason, I was thinking... Two six three six five four zero. It's because you had Mariah Carey. All I want for Christmas is you stuck in your head. Not a, not whatsoever. I was processing what Nick told me as well, we were coming now. back from break, and that's still not in my head. Well, uh, let's talk some Caps and Wizards here. Both teams take losses last night, uh, but for the Caps, and Strom along the boards tangles with Stahl, saved and out of the blue line. Gustafson across the shoot. He scores. Alex Ovechkin with a bullet. Top left corner for his fifth of the year. A power play marker that's goal 785. And it's 2-1 Washington. I like how... What? I have a question. Yes? How close is he to the next person? He is 16 from tying and 17 from breaking. So he's had five goals already here in... Ten games. Is that like Gordy Howe? I thought I need something for a second. Uh, it could be. All I know is if he has one more goal with the Caps, he ties Gordy Howe for most all-time with one team. Okay. That stat was a stat from last night. I, I was just wondering why we need to hear every single time he scores how many career goals he has. Because it is, in fact, Gordy Howe at 801. Okay. Look at me knowing things. Yeah. Good job. But the Caps are back. At, they fall last night. I think they was – it, was it shootout, right, Colin? Is that what I saw? The shootout? They, uh, I don't they know fell 3-2 the to the shootout. Was it Her, the Hurricanes got on the board first in a back-and-forth affair with a tally from Stefan Nosen, the first of the year for him, at the 427 mark in the opening frame. The Caps would bounce back in the second, getting goals from Dylan Strom and Ovechkin, the one that you just heard there, to go up 2-1. to one, But Carolina would e- equalize with the Andre Shvetsknov. Sorry, I something in my throat when I was saying that to tie it up heading into the final frame and hold on in the overtime and into the shootout. The Caps fall in the skills competition, but get a point for going to the extra frame as the Kames win 3-2. to two. The Caps back in action tonight at 7 p.m. 
with a 645 pregame, which I believe you can hear right here on Talk Radio WR, and I believe I have that set up. Or is there something else tonight? There's some action, but I don't think you'd be getting any action yeah. tonight. <laughs> it might be. All right, Caps 5-4-1 and one right now, and Ovechkin, as we just mentioned, 16 goals away from tying Gordie Howe for second all-time on the all-time list and 17 from go taking second himself. It's pretty big. It is. It's going to be a tough one tonight against Vegas. Vegas is looking really good. Yeah, they are 8-2. Already at 16 points on the season. Uh, the Wizards oh. are now 3-4 and four on the year. Breaking Nick. NBA news. What's this breaking NBA news? The Nets have fired Steve Nash. Wow. According to Adrian Wojnarowski, just got that as well. That's pretty that big. to do with what he said about Kyrie. Oh, no. What did he say about Kyrie? That it would be a learning process for them or something i don't know it's it's kind of a touchy subject there well not a touchy subject obviously what Kyrie said was wrong and he or did it was wrong but i don't know it's hey a nick bunch the, of drama the there. wizards have now lost three out of their last four yeah the wizards aren't a good basketball organization what they start did they start three and oh yeah so or they started two and oh i don't know but like we talked about last season the Wizards have been bad since 1980, and they continue to be bad because they just are. They're just a team in the middle of the pack that will be the 7 through 10 seed for the rest of eternity. It just is how it is. All right. Well, that will wrap things up on today's edition of the Sports Mix. Hopefully the Wizards can turn it around a bit. They're in action tomorrow night, as I just mentioned, in Philadelphia as they did the home-and-home uh, home last night they were in dc they'll be in philadelphia tomorrow for again 6 p.m five with the pregame we'll have for you with dave johnson and the wizards radio network that'll do it for this edition of the sports mix tonight 6 45 pregame 7 p.m action time volleyball as it's the section one semifinal game as number one muscleman hosts number four spring mills colin and dylan will dylan and colin will have the call for that one on the radio side first coming up right after this break right after on the other side of this you can hear the mountaineer press conference show plus then later on capitals hockey you've been tuned in the sports mix on talk radio wrnr for colin nick i'm spencer saying so long (laughs) 